You are listening to a podcast from the Star King Unitarian Universalist Church in Hayward, California. Our settled minister is the Reverend Dr. Maria Cristina Vlasidis Bergoa. Our first testimony this morning is from Shomara Tapia, and I invite her forward. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Buenos dias. Family, familia. Blood, connection, unconditional, unchanging love. I used to doubt it. I never saw my family connected. There was always conditions and betrayed love. I once found a person who restored it. Love me for me. This love was never rending. That person was myself. I found myself. I was told at a very, very young age that I was never going to be a mom because of medical conditions. That made me question the creator and the process and life itself. A woman at a random time in a random place looked at me with a smile and I questioned, like, why is this woman looking at me? Like, like, do I have something in my face? (laughs) And this woman smiled at me and said, even the bad, the ugly, are part of the plan that he has for you. Don't let your faith dismay. Her words at that time weighed so much in a way that I started feeling lifted. I never questioned my faith again. I have been blessed with a beautiful daughter regardless of what science, medical conditions, and everything that was all the odds that were against me. She is going to be 11 years old on the 21st when I was told she was not going to happen. When I was told numerous times during my pregnancy that not to get my hopes up because it was not going to happen, that it wasn't medically possible. I stood with my faith and I remember the words of that woman that at a random time in a random place looked at me and smiled and said, even the ugly, And even the sad, the brokenness inside you is part of that plan, is who you're meant to be, is what's going to mold who you are. Without my wife and my daughter right now, I wouldn't be who I am. They love me unconditionally, and they always remind me that our rough edges and the ugly and the imperfections are still beautiful and part of our growth. And we love each other with unconditional love. I thank um, finding Star King at a low point in my life and a low point where um, my previous relationship, we were struggling and we thought that coming to church might be able to fix us. But it didn't fix us it made us realize that we were better off separately 
instead of trying to fix something that was completely broken and didn't fit anymore. And I really thank Reverenda for always reminding me and for helping me remind each other that we should never let our faith dismay. Thank you. And this is just the beginning. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. Um, <clears throat> I now like to invite Bethany and Soren. When the concept of having a child first began to appeal to me, I wasn't envisioning a baby. I wanted a small person. <laughs> a curious, articulate person, an empty sponge that I could throw knowledge into, show all my favorite things, and share my childhood joys. I saw a tiny friend, and I was excited. The problem was you had to get pregnant and deal with baby stuff first. Uh, babies are whiny and messy and kind of pudgy, and they're not toilet trained. <clears throat> but I thought, okay, this is what I have to do to get myself a child. I'm going to soldier through. I'm going to do it. So I do. Nine months later, kid comes out, and thanks to my new maternal hormones, I discover something amazing. Babies are adorable. <laughs> And not just mine, although mine is obviously the best, but every baby, I start noticing babies in the park. Who cares that they've got snotty faces when they're so cute? But suddenly, infanthood was no longer a phase to be endured. It was an experience to savor. I got to cradle him to sleep. I got to feel him suck milk from my breast. I got to pick out tiny outfits. <laughs> I got so involved in the awesomeness of my baby, I even felt sad when he grew bigger. I remember holding up this fuzzy little sweatshirt with little bear ears and putting it into storage with this long sigh, knowing he would never wear it again. It was only last month, just after Soren turned five, that I was sitting with him in the BART station, having a conversation about how trains worked, that an epiphany occurred to me. My tiny friend has arrived. <laughs> He's really here. He speaks English. <sighs> and so here I am in this moment I was waiting for, and it is every bit as amazing as I thought it was going to be. He is so much fun. He is so smart, so excited to learn. He has no preconceptions about how things should be. And he can imagine our world in ways that don't occur to the rest of us. Here's a sampling of some of the questions Soren has asked me just over this past week since I got this speaking assignment. Mommy, what if there was shampoo all over our house? <laughs> Mom, what if your name just had bees in it? 
Mom, what if we didn't have any pillows? <laughs> now, I, I realized pretty quickly, it's so much more fun if you take these questions seriously. I mean, what if my name just had bees in it? Well, then you'd have to call me ba 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 ba. I've just scratched the surface with this kid, and I know he's going to open my eyes to new worlds. I cannot wait to enjoy a lifelong friendship with this amazing soul of a boy, because he's going to make as much of a mark on me as I make on him. Mm. I like to invite Mary Lou up to the pulpit. Welcome, Mary Lou. I knew that my life would be changed exponentially when I had children. And I was ready and prepared to be the best mother for them. However, I was not prepared for the intensity of love I had for them. This love was a, at a whole new level. <laughs> There's a quote I found in a UU org site that says, with spiritual practice, you feel a deep connection with something greater than ourselves, with the natural world, with those who have gone before, with the creative spirit of God. And I feel that deep connection whenever I look at my beautiful daughter's faces. My daughters helped me grow and connect to the natural world. I always had a love of the outdoors. I spent a lot of time out there while growing up. But somewhere down the road, I seem to have lost that wonder. And I got back, it back with them when they were by my side. When they were little, starting at the crawling stage, our days were spent outdoors as much as possible. Through their eyes, I was seeing and experiencing things as though it was the first time. Things like watching the waves, rushing up to the shore and back again, a blade of grass, an ant climbing the blade of grass, a bee collecting pollen from a zucchini flower, and monarch butterflies flittering among the eucalyptus trees. Watching their eyes grow wide and wider at these wonders of nature were treasures to me. I saw my sweet babies and our world intertwined and their explorations awoke in me the understanding of the need to appreciate the gifts of our world and not to take things for granted. Every day with them was an adventure and a blessing. Living with children also taught me the importance of living in the present. And I was reminded of that day uh, when it was a stressful, I was in a really stressful frame of mind and I was carrying Meredith on my hip in her sling while I was frantically looking for my car keys. I was pressed for time because I had um, to get everything together. I had a, a LHA meeting I was leading, and I couldn't find them. And I said out loud to myself, what time is it? <laughs> and Meredith just looked at me and said, now. <laughs> That made me stop, and I felt a wave of peace come over me. Uh, Judy Brown, in her poem, Fire, says, 
What makes fire burn is a space between the logs, a breathing space. I believe my daughters helped me find that space. Because of them, I pause more, breathe more, and listen with an open heart. I eventually found those car keys in the dollhouse. <laughs> Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you, Mary Lou. And now I'd like to invite Michelle. Welcome, Michelle. Hi. So parenting is a spiritual practice. This was, this was an interesting, I mean, I really had to think about this, you know. Um, so this was a, a good theme. I like it. And I'm going to keep this a, a little short because my teenager doesn't want me to embarrass him. <laughs> Carl's at the back. He's 15. <laughs> That's kind of the new thing. Uh, we're so embarrassing. It's both Torsten and I as his parents. Um, I always, always knew that I wanted kids. I come from a, a really big family, tons of cousins. Um, and I babysat a lot when I was a teenager. And I actually enjoyed it. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've always, you know, been around kids. I got a late start in this in doing it myself. Uh, I met Torsten when I was in my mid thirties, <laughs> um, and I also was told by doctors that I would never have kids. Um, between some medical issues and and surgery, I was told I would never have kids. So um, so Carl is a huge huge blessing, and he knows that. <laughs> Um, yeah, I was actually one day away from IVF when I got pregnant, and the doctor didn't believe me, and he made me come in to test himself. Um, when Carl was young, spirituality was a big issue for me, because I was raised Mormon, and Torsten was raised with no religion at all. So I, always, I, just, I struggled with what, were, what did I want to do. So I, I taught Carl myself, kind of homeschooled him, and you know, obviously, as you should, as parents do in morality, and even taught him some history of religion. I was no longer Mormon. <laughs> um, so yeah, I struggled to find a compromise for our family and in and, and spirituality and how we were going to raise him in terms of religion. So then Allison brought us here to a potluck. I think it was a potluck, and um, we just liked it so much. We just kept coming back. And Carl, for years, Carl would like, you know, now that he's a teenager, we have to drag him out of bed. But he would tell us, we've got to go to church. You know, he was really super into it. And, and, then, and then we grew, Torsten and I both um, grew in to, to love this church. And I was, I was just really glad that Torsten, again, you know, he was basically an atheist, that he, he really loves the, the that basically you build your own theology. And this is what we really like about it. Um, more than what I was, how I was raised with Mormon rule pushing. Um, so, so parent, parenthood to me is about, I think what I really learned a lot since I got the late start, you know, I was always just thinking about my own career, myself. It was really, you're thinking about somebody else. And it's basically about service to another person and other people. And, um, Allison and I both volunteered a lot at school, so I was not, not just Carl. I was very involved with other parents and other kids, and to me, that that also, I think, was a spiritual thing for me. 
is because I was basically, you know, involved in building the community, which is a type of spirituality, right, as a parent. Um, Carl has taught me so much, especially about music. <laughs> so he now plays several instruments, and it's been very fun for me to research and buy all these instruments. It's like my thing. <laughs> um, he, play, you know, he plays sax in the jazz band. He plays flute and oboe in the marching band. And he now plays oboe in the, in the chamber orchestra. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so we've been very busy. That's probably why you haven't seen us on Sundays. He's got music lessons, and now we're in the Science Olympia, which is a huge time sink, but that's almost done. A couple more weeks. Um, He's, he's, he was a very easy child to raise. He's, he's very thoughtful, he's very kind, and this has been really good for my spirit as well. Yeah, <laughs> only had one kid, but he's an awesome kid. And I find it fitting that the next song is um, slipping through my fingers because he's gonna be off to college soon and hopefully he doesn't go too far because I can feel him slipping through my fingers. And the old adage is really true that um, the time when the little really flies by. So now I'm going to embarrass him and say that I, hopefully one day I get some grandkids. <laughs> and that will help. I can enhance my spirituality by being a, gra- a grandparent. Talk. We can wait. He's got time. <laughs> And now I'd like to invite Inez, Amy, and Ramona. We are not as prepared. <laughs> well, this is our, you know, our general, my, one of my favorite expressions is moment by moment, moment by moment. That's how we live, just doing the next right thing. So we've been busy transitioning homes. And Inez and I have been kind of high-fiving each other on a parenting level because Ramona is doing well, (laughs) enjoying the new home, maybe feeling shy about this. Hmm. Um, So Ramona turns four next month. Mm -hmm. So we've been doing this, you know, for a few years. And, um, you know, younger, I didn't know how... I would have children, if I would have children. Um, I had a lot of healing to do, and I think I also had a fantasy that I would be um, you know, healed before becoming a parent. <laughs> LOL. Um, and so Inez is such an um, optimist, that, um, you know, I thought, oh, let me hang out with this one. We'll figure it out (laughs) together. And we did. And we had a friend help us. We were very lucky to just um, conceive Ramona at home in Brooklyn, back when we lived in Brooklyn. And um, I, uh, let's see, that was in 2015. So... You know, my mother had been dead about, oof, she died in 2007, eight years. So I haven't had a mom in over 12 years. And that's a unique experience to be a motherless mom. 
And, you know, what's more is also I didn't have a dad growing up. Um, so really it's been a reckoning for my childhood to um, parent lovingly with presents um, and to really see and appreciate how much children need for so long. And, you know, that, um, that we're co-regulating all the time with our bodies and our tone. That's why we're singing all the time. If it's not for Ramona, it's for us to calm down when we're parenting in the middle of the night. Um, so yeah, I mean, we were up from, what, 3 to 4.30 last night. You know, like that was real. Like, I'm tired. <laughs> um, but we're still, you know, here. And like, we didn't prepare, but it's working out. And, um, and for just whatever, you know, how I was put together and my kind of early mysticism as a child, um, you know, I wanted to kind of go do the, you know, what was real, finding something real and healing without mysticism. <laughs> and I tried all that. I did a lot of Al-Anon and ACA. I love that. I love that. And now it feels like my spirituality is kind of um, the magic of parenting and make-believe. Um, it just fits for me, and it feels very like um, you have some magical realism in there that uh, you know I want. I want. Yeah. What do you want to say, sweetie? You're, you're perfect. No. You're perfect. <laughs> well, I also just want to say that I'm so grateful that um, you know I came here first without Ines. Um, really just like the first week that we moved to California about a year and a half ago. Um, and, you know, I'm, and it was, of course, because of the political climate and needing to have uh, moral, ethical, social justice support for this one. And um, I just really appreciate that Inez is now joining. joining. What, now you say that. <laughs> now, come on, please say one thing. Um, I was going to bring it back to like my experience as a mom because it's a unique experience um, because I didn't carry my child, which is, you know, for a mom, <laughs> mm -hmm. it's a very different experience. Um, and Amy and I actually had fights over if I should adopt my child when she was born. Um, you have to. And Trump got elected. Uh, six months after she was born. And um, the first thing I did the next day was call a lawyer. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, That's real. Yeah, so I just wanted to bring that as to the table too, um, to this conversation, because it's important that, yeah, we did go in front of a judge and we did spend money and I did have to adopt my own child and um, I'm still her mom. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So that's that's all. Beautiful. Bravo.
We might run over a couple of minutes, but it's worth it. Um, I feel so blessed right now. Um, my heart is so full from these testimonies and just from the love of this community. I feel grateful that our religious education philosophy is rooted in unconditional love, that we create this atmosphere of freedom for our children and for ourselves as parents and for those who support parenting. My own religious education ministerial formation was deeply influenced by Paulo Freire, who um, said that education was the practice of freedom and who taught me that we must pay attention to what's going on. Pay attention to the day-to-day, -day, the so-called mundane struggles. What's going on in the home? What are people facing? What challenges? What is important to them? What drives them? What are they passionate about? Pay attention. Above all, he believed that we must be in relationship and in constant dialogue. My experience as a parent, as a single queer parent, was a constant search for spaces where my son and I could find a spiritual home, feel welcomed and safe, establish relationships that reaffirmed us both as a family, Sometimes these spaces were my office and my coworkers, my law school classroom, community organizations where I was an activist and they got a chance also to share in Racing of Eric. Sometimes it was just our living room with Mr. Rogers flickering in the background. Sometimes it was his after-school program or the nearest LGBTQ center. And when I discovered Unitarian Universalism, it became our local UU church, the RE program. It was not perfect, but it was a place where my son could make friends with other children, with single moms and queer moms or two moms or two dads or just grandparents where the songs and the stories he learned were meant to be loving messages to activate his own compassion and loving nature, a place that gave us both meaningful opportunities to explore, to think, to feel, to question, to ask what if, to ask why, and express our thoughts and beliefs while cultivating a sense of belonging, a sense of family, that chosen family that saved our lives and kept us together. At that time, I was going through a very painful divorce and there was always the threat of taking away my custody and bringing up my queerness as the reason why our home would not be fit for my son. So yeah, that church, that RE program, those parents, those strangers welcomed us and gave me the strength to fight to keep our family together. I'm just going to skip ahead. <laughs> <laughs> 
I believe that if our church is to grow and thrive and retain our youth, we need to be intentional about offering programs that support relationship, spiritual questing, hope, and healing. I believe that we need to nurture an intergenerational community of truthfulness and service, holiness and love. I believe that we must be about nurturing relationships and offering our families the kind of community in which our children are not just welcome but loved unconditionally. A community which leaves an imprint in our children's emotional and spiritual landscapes of a place that valued their curiosity and creativity, a place that reaffirmed their identities and passions, a place, this place, to which after the inevitable rebellious stages, they might possibly return to. Beloveds, let us teach our children well together. Let us support our families on their spiritual journeys as parents, as individuals, as partners. Let us nurture our relationship to our families that they may feel seen and heard and valued and embraced, celebrated and reflected in all aspects of our congregational life. May the family ministry that we create together lift up the everyday experiences of our families, including their struggles, concerns, aspirations, joys, and celebrations. May we all be sources of strength because they are all our children. May we be their inspiration. May we be their hope. May we be willing to listen, learn, and be guided by the wisdom of our families, especially our children. And may all of our families know that they are, you are, a blessing to this community and to me. We appreciate you. We love you. Amen? Amen. Blessed be. Blessed.